Hello there, and thanks for joining me in today's podcast. We're going to take a look at the issue of public education and choices that we have for education. We're now coming to a point where school is going to start up in about two to four weeks for most of our students. So it's a timely topic and one that I think is uh, relevant to our discussion and certainly getting parents geared up to looking at the decision as to what school their kids are going to attend and how they themselves as parents will integrate within the school system of their children. Now, I came back from about a six, seven-day vacation in Colorado with uh, my whole extended family. And during that time I was there, I had opportunity to do some reading and some reflection and some thinking. And one of the books that came to my attention and I read with considerable interest, The Smartest Kids in the World, and it was a study conducted by Amanda Ripley. Now, um, she is a journalist, not an educator, but she studied the educational system and the students in South Korea, Finland, and Poland. Now, one wouldn't think those are the countries that you would choose if you're going to pick high levels of education. But she wasn't interested in determining whether one country had a better educational system than another country. That wasn't her interest. What differentiates kids that are smart and capable and competent and achieve and do well from kids who are not of that nature? What makes a difference? How do you know? How can you tell? Well, that was the nature of her particular study. Now, in the day and age which we are living, the Trump administration is giving a great deal of emphasis and priority to school choice, setting up private schools of various kinds of and uh, charter schools, and uh, specialized public schools, and, and so on. And allowing our students today to have more choices of education than they've ever, ever had in history. That means parents need to be much more wise, much more thoughtful, much more considerate in where their children go to school. Now, we have to look at it from the perspective of um, how do you find out? How do you determine what is a good school? And what is the right school for your kid? And um, how are you going to know whether you uh, are attending or having your children attend a school that in the long run is going to be in their best interest? Not just because it's down the corner or around the street or whatever it might be, but because this is a school that really treats children in the way that you would want them to be treated as a parent and that they will produce learning that in your children that you want your children to produce and how you want them to learn and what you want them to learn. So how do you go about, as a parent, how do you go about a parent in determining what school would be best for your children when you have a choice? Of course, if there's no choice, then you just have to have your kids go to whatever school and they get whatever they get, and, and good luck. But when you have choice, it's a matter of making a decision. And it puts the parent on notice to say, you've got some homework to do. And you better determine what is in the best interest of your children. And what are the needs of your children? What are the capabilities of your children? What's the potential of your children? How would you like to see them achieve over the next 5, 10 years? What would you like them to become? What's your goals? It really involves the parent in that whole decision-making process of what school your kids should go to when there's a choice. So choice is really the best for a country. Choice is best for a family. Choice is best for every student and every teacher.
in every school system. So choice is really kind of the day of goodness and gladness for us. But we have to be involved in it and look at it. Okay, how do you determine as a parent? What's, what's the way that you go about determining what a school is like and whether that's the one that you'd want your children to attend? Okay, first of all, here's, uh, here's a couple things you can do, according to this author. Here's a couple things you can do. Go to the school, hang around the school, the school grounds, walk the halls, do whatever you can, expose yourself to the school, and watch the kids, not the teachers, but watch the kids. Do they engage in learning activities? Do they talk about subject matter that they've been studying? Do they get together in small groups and process learning? And, uh, normal teaching situation in the school. Okay, watch kids. That's number one. Number two is talk to the students that they are uh, studying. What really turns them out? What's been some of the fun subjects they've had? What are some of the good subjects they've been studying? What are some of the challenging studies they've been having lately? What's been the... Uh, way that the teachers teach. What's the way that kids learn? What's the level of interest and motivation and likability of the classroom situation? So talk to kids. Ask them, who is in that school? Who are the kids? What kind of homes do they come from? What do they do on weekends? What do they do after school? You want to find out if those, if the kids in that school are student and learning oriented or if they're just fun and games oriented. Okay, that's number two. Number three is talk to parents of the kids of a school. You know, maybe interview three, four, five, six parents of kids in a school and ask the parents how they like the school, how they like the teachers, how they like the learning environment of the school, how they like the homework arrangements and assignments and the teachers' grading systems and the teachers' feedback system and the teachers' rewarding system and the teacher involvement with the students. Is there a bond between the teacher and the students? Are, are the teachers really engaging? Are they really committed to the kids and their learning? But you won't know that unless you talk to parents. So find out what parents have to say about things like that. Here's another one. Find out how substitute teachers are treated when they come into the classroom in that school. It tells you a lot. You know, if, if a teacher is ill or... Absent for some reason, they have a substitute teacher come in. Does that substitute teacher just proceed and teach the lesson? And the kids respect the teacher? Or do the kids just break out in havoc and basically beat up the substitute teacher? So what's the difference? Well, if you have a school where the substitute teacher is honored and respected and revered, and followed, then the learning process just keeps on going. And it's at a high level of social and interactional support and respect. But if substitute teachers are beat up, then your kids are not, or the kids of that school, are not oriented towards learning. They're, they're, in, they're interested in some kind of a power play, or fun and games, or trying to make somebody hurt and feel badly. And that's not learning. That's not education. So how are substitute teachers treated in the school? Find that out. And how do teachers teach? That's another question. How do teachers actually teach? You know, there, there's a misnomer that a better teacher is the one that has more technology, uses more computers, uses more uh, PowerPoint, you know, and various kind of 
technology. It's a misnomer. Because even some of the better teachers and some of the better students and better classrooms are low-tech. There may be some technology, but they don't emphasize, overemphasize and don't overspend uh, money on just technology, but that there's a balance between the technology of learning and the interpersonal commitment of a teacher to a student in the learning process. There's a, there's a touch and feel presence in the classroom with the teacher to the students, not just an objective a lecture based upon uh, some kind of PowerPoint presentation that was either made up years ago or was purchased or bought or borrowed you know, from somebody else. So don't get the idea that a better classroom is one with better technology or higher levels of technology or more technology. It may be helpful. There may be some good if you find out how the teacher uses technology. But you also want to find out whether that teacher is still engaged in the lives of the students or is just a teacher that uses a prop to do the teaching. Now, those are some of the things that a parent can engage in and look at and uh, consider when you want to give your kid uh, the best choice of schools available. But here's one more. Interview the administration. Usually it's a principal. Could be a dean, it could be a, a learning director. But interview some, at least one or several of the higher-up administrators of the school system. And here's some of the things you can ask. How are the teachers of that school selected? Who interviews them? How are they selected? Do they go through a vigorous selection process? Are there criteria for teachers? Do the school select teachers because they fit a particular mold? They fit a particular uh, learning pattern, teaching pattern? Well... That may be important. So find out how teachers are selected. If they just kind of take whoever, take the first 10 teachers that show up, well, that may not be a very good school, and you may want to bypass that. But pay attention to how teachers of each school that you look at are selected and why they are selected and what role they are to play within the overall teaching context of that school. Okay, that's number one. Here's another factor when you have to kind of interview the administrators. You should interview the administrators of the school. How do they make students better? How do they make teachers better? Well, when it comes to teachers, you know, do they ask teachers to have continuing education experience? Do they ask the teachers to keep on a learning pattern? Do they ask the teachers to take seminars and question and and seminar and and conferences and teaching uh, weekends of various kinds do they require their teachers to show progress in their educational career themselves going back to school get a master's degree are most of them teaching with a master's degree or not so what you want to really do here is to find out who is the teacher and how they're selected but also how that teacher becomes a better teacher over time and what the school system does to help that teacher become better. It's the same thing that what a school does to make a, make a student better over time. There's a challenge that, is, that prevails within the school, whether it's towards the, the students or it prevails among 
teachers. And the third issue that you may want to discuss with your administrator is the fact that they um, are a success-oriented um, school. Uh, how is success measured? How is success determined? How is important that success is achieved on the part of these students? And even on the part of the teachers, for that matter. Uh, but how is success measured? How important is success? How determined is a school system to make sure that the uh, teaching process is such that it produces a student that is successful and continues to be successful and is committed to success and achievement throughout the school year and thereafter and after they graduate. How do they get that attitude of success, that attitude of achievement created within the student's heart, so to speak? And then lastly, you may want to ask the question about expectations. How do they convey expectations to their student body? Teachers, administrators have an expectation level. You, you expect that they would. But how do they convey that expectation level to students? How do they measure it? How do they promote it? How do they encourage it? How do they teach it? How do they live it? So that there is not just a process of going through subjects, but there's an ongoing process of achieving a higher level of knowledge, a deeper level of knowledge, and a commitment to the attitude of learning, and a commitment to, a commitment to the attitude of uh, progressing and achieving and succeeding and making progress over the course of a year's time. So those are some of the issues that uh, parents need to be very much concerned about and aware of as they consider sending their kids to school in, the, uh, in, in August of this year now, coming up. But don't forget... If it doesn't work very well, you can change schools at any time in the school year. There's a, you have a better choice, a better option, a better alternative. Move your kid to the better school. But you do the homework as a parent. You do the study. You do the analysis. And determine where that kid should go to school. And then promote it. And encourage it and support it and become part of that school system yourself. But as a parent support system. So it's not just send your kids to school. But you get involved in that school process yourself as a parent. Anyway, good to have you with me today as the psychology report today comes to an end. As we have looked at the issue of education and selecting the school for your kid. And uh, you only have a couple more weeks left to make that selection. So here are some guidelines. Hope they've been helpful for you. And uh, as you enter into another school year, we hope you're to your children will find this to be a very positive and healthy and a positive and enriching school year for them as kids, but also for you as a family. Make sure it works, okay? Nice to have you with me. Don't forget my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Okay, bye-bye.